0: a whole week mm-hmm. it's been huh it's been one week <laughs> <laughs> i was saw I was... a really funny meme earlier that's like patrick and he's standing there and he's like i wonder when the last time i thought about bare naked ladies was and then uh, <laughs> right next to him is patrick um like coming up from under his rock and he's like it's been <laughs> It was very funny. It made me laugh. And then I was like, motherfuckers. <laughs> now it's just in there. Yeah. a bad song. No, it's not. I love bare naked ladies. Yeah. <laughs> I I... Man, right? Peak. Peak childhood for me. Mm. mm, mm. <laughs> <laughs> when you were born. Yeah. Mm hmm. I don't remember that. I was still in infancy. You were probably a. A, a twinkle in your your mother's eye, even though she already had two, two daughters. She, yeah. she was like, there's a twinkle there still. <laughs> she had two daughters and was not planning on a third. <laughs> That's what the twinkle was. She was just a little drunk. <laughs> Have I told that story? No. About how, oh, really? Your conception? No. No, not my conception. Oh. Gross! That was Disgusting. Like, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Nope. No, I was in the kitchen and I was minding my business, mm-hmm. mind you. You minding yours, me minding mine. Yep. And my mom was doing the dishes and then just turned and looked at me and was like, you, you weren't an accident, you were just a little oops. <laughs> and I was like, Brenda, <laughs> what do you say after you've had an accident? You don't say like, oh, that, cool, you say oops. You say oops, yeah. <laughs> <And that's, laughs> Don't ever. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not. Play. and she always is she always tries to say kiana you are not an accident it's like please <laughs> let me live i know the truth you don't need to lie to me i'm a grown-up i'm a grown-ass woman i get it that's not mince words brenda <laughs> i love that my mom I, <laughs> I was literally just gonna be like look there are three names that we could have gone with brenda number one mm-hmm. donna love mm-hmm. donna, mm-hmm. donna mm-hmm. and barb Oh, I like Karen. Oh, that's a good I like one a too. good mm-hmm. calm down, Karen. <laughs> Susan. Did you say Brittany? Brenda. Oh, Brenda, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Or Brittany. Britney bitch. Brittany's fucking mm-hmm. <laughs> chill. Did I? <laughs> Danny just said it's Brittany bitch. Off to the side. <laughs> Brittany this year, for Kyla and Britney have this gag going on. <laughs> Where they get each other personalized gifts, but uh-huh. with their faces on them for okay. the other person. Perfect. And Brittany got Kyla a shirt this year that says "It's Brittany bitch" and it's <laughs> Brittany's face on it. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, <laughs> uh, I would love to know how many gifts that Kyla. Has gotten with Britney's mug just all over it and vice versa. Well, my grandma has a canvas hanging in over her mantle at her house because Kyla lives with my grandma uh-huh. of Britney, <laughs> and Kyla also sleeps on a pillow with Britney's face on. It. Oh my god, that's amazing! Ugh, <laughs> uh, these wild women. Yeah. And when, I love it. And when Kyla was living in California, I think it started from this. When Kyla was living in California, Brittany gave Kyla like 10 pictures of her uh-huh. framed. And so in <laughs> Kyla's bathroom, there were just a ton of pictures of Brittany. And it f- confused everybody who right? we visited. Because they were like, who is this girl? <laughs> and why do you have... So- so many pictures of her <laughs> right and like selfies of her oh and my like, god <laughs> it's great perfect uh, well we're here mm-hmm. hello everyone hello hi it's that broad's got moxie sure is it's a podcast but you know that mm-hmm that's keeks that's cassie thank you danny's here S- chilling in her sweats mm-hmm everyone else put normal clothes on today you get off Danny's back. <laughs> Danny cannot speak into a microphone right now. I will defend her. <laughs> you fuck off. I fuck right off. <laughs> she told me to do that 20 minutes ago when she said 2020 divorce. <laughs> Danny's New Year's resolution was <laughs> divorce. Rude. All because I told her to shut up well you know there that's... was a dilemma I had to get it out so I said you shut your mouth and then continued to talk and she said divorce 2020 yeah. here we go I mean you did tell her don't take her side <laughs> this is horseshit. shit anyway <laughs> next um... week it's gonna be Danny and I <laughs> I see how this is gonna go I always fucking knew it she is the more lovable of the two of us for sure you're both equally lovable oh thank you don't make me choose who's my favorite out of my children that's (laughs) i gave birth to both of you (laughs) (laughs) they're both really confused (laughs) especially because you're holding your palms out like you're jesus (laughs) listen i went for the most (laughs) ethereal and giving look i could go for especially with that scarf on you really look like like the messiah (laughs) in plaid (laughs) my children please we must talk about peace and harmony yeah we fucking should god the world is burning everything's bad (sighs) But, you know, we just keep on We're working trying. We're We're fucking trying. We're doing our best. Everybody, just know that things hopefully will get better. Mm-hmm. And we just take it one day at a time. Yep. Keep it. Keep on keeping on. Mm-hmm. Be, be present. Yeah. And be thankful for the things that are there. Mm-hmm. That took a real serious turn. Sorry. <laughs> was that my fault? I don't know. I think That's it was just... your fault, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> my apologies, children. <laughs> uh all right. Who's going first this week? <laughs> I never know. <laughs> oh my god, is this episode 50? What? What? Guys. What was that for your guys' ears? We both just shrilly. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Our, we are off the charts, quite literally. (laughs) Our (laughs) levels are fucked. To thank you for listening to 50 episodes, we now (laughs) impair your hearing. (laughs) Uh, you will need to see a doctor after this episode. (laughs) Oh, 50, that's good. 50, that's wild. Yeah. We're that much closer to our one year anniversary. Mm Mm-hmm. Holy cow. Oof. Danny's yeah, mind just exploded. Right. It's to all over the room. We only met a year ago. We didn't. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we only met you beautiful listeners a year ago. Uh. <laughs> I I know. I have a few friends then. You know what? Let me have this, guys. I've known friends fern who listens uh-huh since like third grade infancy <laughs> yeah yeah and their mother <laughs> kim almost, she, she watched me deborah oh <laughs> uh, gosh well happy 50th episode everyone this is very exciting and mm. that means i get to go first i would like to give just a little brief there are a lot of African words. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I looked up a lot of them. I can't promise that I'm going to say them right, but I'm I'm trying very hard. Because I did spend a lot of time trying to figure out how to say them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So today I am going to tell you about okay. Ya Asantewe. Okay. No. Ya Asantewa. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> and who Boy. Is this she is known by many western scholars as the african joan of arc oh yes i just was doing basically what happened the other day i'll tell you this real quick i went to do homework mm-hmm. and i didn't <laughs> but what i did do <laughs> is made an excel spreadsheet oh, of, oh i know she's, she's <laughs> Fancy I know. 2020. We're taking this serious, <laughs> right? <laughs> Jesus. So I made an Excel spreadsheet of all the women that we have covered and like their country of origin mm, mm-hmm. or like Teleclimec, who is. Polish, but lived almost her entire life in the U.S. Yeah. So I, you know, made note of some of those things so that I could go back and be like, okay, well, this is how many American women I covered and Mm -hmm. how many countries we've kind of dipped our toe into to... Yeah. So I specifically found a country that we've never talked about, and that's Ghana. Mm. Okay. And so I was like, oh, here we fucking go. So... Ya Asantewa was born sometime around 1840 in Bezis, which is in southern Ghana. She was part of the Asona matrilineal royal clan Hmm. of a village called (sighs) Edweso. See, I'm telling you, first (laughs) sentence and I'm like sweating (laughs) because I'm going to (laughs) say something wrong. (laughs) I think it's funny that this... Weirdly, the thing you struggled over the most in that sentence was matrilineal. <laughs> right? The fucking English word that I'm like, oh, that's a lot of I's and L's. I don't know. I personally think you're doing a good job. Oh, thank you. But I have no idea how these words are supposed to go. Perfect. <laughs> okay, yes. So, matrilineal. We'll just... Like to put a, an asterisk on this. Mm-hmm. It's very exciting because this particular like clan village area is matriarchal. And if not strictly matri- matriarchal, then at least egalitarian. Mm-hmm. So everybody's got equal opportunities. However, the like royals mm-hmm. it are all, it's all passed down yeah. through grandmas and mothers. So that was very exciting. So, like, to further add to that. Instead of like the firstborn son yes. being a huge deal, it's the firstborn born daughter. That's right. That the and one? there are like there's there's chiefs. uh uh-huh. In in the village, which is what her brother eventually becomes. Mm-hmm. But But he's the chief, but she becomes the queen. Mhm. Okay. So there's a pol- like kind of like a political half and like a societal half mm-hmm. that they're th- things things. Yeah. I was like, I don't know how to go into this (laughs) without giving a whole lesson. Yeah. She had a younger brother. His name was Afrain Panin. And he, like I said, he eventually became the chief. So her childhood, we don't know a ton about it, but Mm -hmm. it passed without major incident. Mm -hmm. Nothing crazy happened. Yeah. No news is good news. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And as she grew up, she was said to have been like a major farmer and just cultivated a ton of crops on her farms in the Boankra village. She then eventually married a man from Kumasi, which is another village, and was the first wife in, like, a traditional polygamous marriage. And with him, she had one daughter. Yah would have ascended to the throne sometime in the 1880s, inheriting the throne from her mother or grandmother, like I said, because of of Matriarchy. During her brother's reign as chief, Yah saw the region of Ghana, uh, which was called the Ashanti Confederacy, which is a, that's the whole region, mm-hmm. go through some very trying times that threatened its future, including a civil war that lasted from eighteen eighty three to eighteen eighty eight. Mm-hmm. So this was all like all of this was happening during the like African Anglo wars. Mm hmm. It's bad news bears. Colonizers are the fucking worst. <laughs> <laughs> and so all of this chaos was kind of happening. And then her brother died in 1894. Yaw took her position as queen mother and then nominated her own grandson, Kofi Tanay, as the new chief. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the British swooped in and exiled him. Of course um, they fucking did. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, they exiled him and another chief and a bunch of, like, government officials mm-hmm. and swooped them off to the Sierra Leone. Mm-hmm. Is that how you say that? Sierra Leone? Yeah. Yeah. I'm is it Leone or it... Leone? I think it's Leone. <laughs> I think so, too. <laughs> I think I'm trying to fucking make it fancy or something. The There is a chef on Bon Appetit, the YouTube videos, whose yeah. last name is Leone. Oh. Maybe you're thinking Maybe of that's, him. That's Maybe you're thinking why. of that thing you've mm-hmm. never watched. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Entirely possible. Okay. So they sweep them off to the Sierra Leone in 1896. So he only got to rule as the chief for a couple of years. And then they're like, well, fuck. So this was a really dick move. <laughs> <laughs> so in his place, now that they didn't have, you know, a chief anymore, ya ruled as the regent of this whole, like, district. After the deportation of her grandson and the other leaders, this dickhead British governor, (laughs) he's the, like, governor slash general of the Gold Coast. His name is Frederick Hodgson. Sounds like a bad guy. He is a bad guy. So, basically, he was like, look, we're going to take all your land. We've already taken your leaders. However, you can pay us by giving us this golden stool which sounds like a gold poop emoji yeah (laughs) (laughs) a real good time in the bathroom exactly (laughs) and if they didn't give it to him they were prepared to take it by force why did he want it so bad okay i'll tell you oh so (laughs) now here's a little bit about this golden stool (laughs) it is quite literally a golden stool. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's a stool. You sit upon? You sit upon, yes. The golden stool is the royal and divine throne of kings of the Ashanti people. Oh. And by kings, it just people in power. Mm-hmm. And it's the ultimate symbol of power in Ashanti. So, according to legend, there's this high priest named Okumfo Anakoye. I, 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 look that was pretty, I'm pretty good. good. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, like, one of the two chief founders of this whole, like, Ashanti Confederacy. Okay. So, apparently, he did some fucking, like, magic. Something. And this, like, golden stool, like, ah, like, came down from the heavens, right? And it landed on the lap of the first Ashanti king, Osai Tutu. Okay. Okay. So, there's this whole big mythology around it. There's lots of rules and rituals about who can touch it, Mm -hmm. where it can be sat, who can sit in it, all of these things. So, it's very fucking important to the Asante people. Yeah. So, he wanted it just because it was the symbol of power and he wanted people to know that he was... Yeah. And he wanted to be like, look at my fancy gold stool that I'm going to place my British ass upon. Mm Yeah. Yeah. Not great. So Hodgson's request left the remaining members of the the, the government, the Kumasi government, just shook. They're like, what the fuck, bro? <laughs> like, you can't have it. <laughs> so instead, they gathered in a secret meeting to discuss how to secure the return of their king. There was a disagreement among those present about how to go about this. Ya <laughs> Asante who was present at this meeting, stood and addressed the members of the council with these now famous words. So, quote, now I have seen that some of you fear to go forward to fight for our king. If it were in the brave days of Osaitutu, Okamfo Anyoke, or Apoku Ware, leaders would not sit down to see their king taken away without firing a shot. No white man could have dared to speak to a leader of the Ashanti in the way the governor spoke to you this morning. Is it true that the bravery of the Ashanti is no more? I cannot believe it. It cannot be. I must say this. If you, the men of Ashanti, will not go forward, then we will. We, the women, will. I shall call upon my fellow women. We will fight the white men. We will fight till the last of us falls in the battlefields. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. Like, holy shit. What a yeah. fucking speech. I kind of imagine that she, like, slammed her hand on oh, the table. absolutely. And just, like, really got into it. She killed... Came for them. And then she left with a swoop of her cape. Exactly. And, like, out the door. What mm-hmm. a badass bitch. <laughs> like, I, I have goosebumps right now. <laughs> like, I read that earlier, and I was like, oh, shit! <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, she was not having fucking any of this. No, she was not. And that's probably why Yah was chosen by a number of these, like, regional kings to lead the war of the Asante fighting force. <laughs> <laughs> they were like fuck man (laughs) nobody is gonna mess with her right she made some valid points (laughs) exactly (laughs) exactly so at first uh, like she called them on their fucking called them out Mm -hmm. the men were afraid and did not want to fight the british and many of the men just refused to to join the armies so to (laughs) overcome this (laughs) Ya enlisted the help of their wives by ordering them to withhold sex from them until they joined. (laughs) If you can't get them one way, you gotta get them some way. Damn. Yeah. Fucking got him. Yep. To encourage them further, she also ordered the wives to march every day around their villages and perform, like, victory rituals in a show of support and solidarity. (laughs) So, Ya becoming, like... The, the leader of this fighting force, mm-hmm. was the first and only time a woman was ever given that role in Asante history. Mm. So, which is fucking crazy. Yeah. No wonder she's considered the fucking Joan of Arc of Africa. <laughs> okay. Beginning in March of 1900, the Asante army of over 5,000 men laid siege to the fort at Kumasi, where the British were just fucking... Chilling. They're just holed up there, basically. Yeah. And fun fact: that fort still stands today as the Kumasi Fort and Military Museum. Oh, yeah. So over a hundred years later, it's still there, mostly in one piece. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. As much as one can be. So after several months without supplies and food, because the Asante forces had cut everything off to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Gold Coast governor deployed, like, 1,500 soldiers to go out and just, like, quiet the rebels. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, calm down, let us get our food, you know. Yeah. During the fighting, Queen Ya and 15 of her closest advisors were captured. Mm-hmm. And then they were exiled to the... I think you say it's Seychelles. Basically... It's, these, it's a little tiny archipelago of <laughs> teeny tiny islands mm-hmm. off the coast of Somalia and Madagascar. So it's just it, mm-hmm. nothing there. Yeah. It's teeny tiny. So they were all sent there. Let's see. <laughs> so then on January 1st, 1902, the British unfortunately had fully seized the land that the Asante army had been defending from them for almost a century. Mm. And the Asante empire was made a protectorate of the British crown because why colonizers are the fucking worst. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They suck. They sure do. Yeah. Asante unfortunately never made it back home Mm. and she died in exile in October of 1921. So, she spent, mm, like, 20 years Aww. in exile, which is really sad because yeah. she she had a family. Yeah. You know? And, like, that's her homeland. It's like, her homeland that she obviously felt very passionate about because mm-hmm. she was exactly. fighting for it. Exactly. Uh, three years after her death, the other ruler, so, like, her grandson... And her advisors and all these people were allowed to return to Ghana. One of the exiled leaders made sure that the remains of Yah and the other Asante's who died in exile were returned to Ashanti for, a, like, a proper royal burial. Yeah. Yah's dream for an Asante free of British rule was realized on March 6th, 1957, when the Asante Protectorate gained independence as part of... Of as of Ghana, Ghana yeah. yeah, and Ghana was the first African nation in like sub-Saharan Africa mm-hmm. to get their own independence from yeah. British rule. All right, mm-hmm. Ya Asantewa uh, remains a much beloved figure in Asante history and in the history of Ghana as a whole for her role in confronting the colonialism of the British. The Ya Asantewa. Girls' Secondary School was established in 1960 to highlight Mm. the importance of encouraging more female leaders in Ghana society. In the year 2000, there was a week-long celebration held in Ghana to acknowledge Ya's accomplishments. And as part of these celebrations, they dedicated a museum to her. Mm. And the current queen mother of the village of Ijisu... Mm-hmm. Is Ya Asantewa the second?, which I think is really lovely. Yeah, that's nice. There's an African Caribbean arts and community center in West London named after her. Oh, which I thought was very exciting. Yeah There's also a television documentary, a stage show written about her, and also a radio drama by Margaret Busby, who also wrote, the stage performance uh, mm-hmm. and that aired on BBC Radio 4's Woman's Hour. Hmm. Yeah. And that's it. That's she's the great. End. She is great. It was yeah. a very fascinating story to read. Nothing that I had any idea about. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. So, yeah, it was just really fascinating to be like, holy shit. What a rousing speaker. Yeah. Yeah. And she got shit done. She was like, Look. Here's what's gonna happen. <laughs> We're not giving over this golden stool. Mm-hmm. We're not gonna put up with their bullshit anymore. Mm-hmm. And while they, she didn't get to see their independence realized. Mm-hmm. She fucking fought like hell for it. Mm-hmm. But and she's like inspiring to people even nowadays. Because exactly, if the current queen is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the second. Yeah, the second. I'm not going to try saying her name because I'm bad at things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my, my sources is real quick. I used blackhistoryheroes.com, distinguishedwomen.com, a little scosh of Wikipedia, because mm-hmm. fuck you, Sage. Yeah. And it's the dangerouswomenproject.org. Ooh. Yeah. What Was what's a, that? It's <laughs> a blog that's all about these historical fucking rabble rousers women who gave no shits oh hell yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think i probably mm-hmm. s- pronounced her last name wrong a couple different like you know <laughs> i could hear it you in my own liberties. ear and i was like i uh, said so that i mixed the ah and the eh <laughs> around a couple times <laughs> all right who are you doing I am going to talk to you today about Bell Hooks. Ooh. Yes. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> so, the sources that I have are the bellhooksinstitute.com, mm-hmm. encyclopediabritannica.com, notablebiographies.com, blackpast.org and diverseeducation.com. Nice. Okay, and just a little bit of wikipedia because fuck like you sage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nothing brings me more the joy Than to say, fuck you, Sage, every episode. (laughs) Just a a hair of (laughs) it. I'm sure he appreciates it. Yeah. (laughs) All these good shout outs. Yeah. (laughs) So, school me. I'm so excited. Gloria Jean Watkins, later bell hooks, was born on September 25th, 1952, to parents Veros Watkins and Rosa Bell Watkins. Watkins. (laughs) Watkins. <laughs> God damn it. Wow. Watkins is giving you a time. I think I just want to say like watsky Which is <laughs> <laughs> ah wait, Watsuki Watkins. <laughs> what? I don't know. I don't know. Look, I tried to make a joke to Danny earlier about the bro dudes at the gym mm-hmm. and I had to fucking contemplate. It, look, it started with, I'm going to call them all Broberham Lincoln, mm-hmm. and ended with, and I'm going to tell them to emancipate themselves from their toxic masculinity. Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> but it took some workshopping to get there. <laughs> so it's been a real day. <laughs> that took you 12 hours? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Bell hooks. Mm-hmm. She had five sisters and one brother. Jesus. Um, her and her siblings were raised in a small segregated town called Hopskin Hopkinsville. <laughs> I Hopsky <laughs> I don't know what that noise was I just made. I just keep adding I keep adding S's too soon. I'm just so excited about the letter S <laughs> you are all the fucking time. Watskins <laughs> Hotskins. <laughs> well, wasn't what did I? The first episode, I said Longsworth, and her name is Longworth. Uh huh. Sure is. I love fucking s's. A guess. <laughs> Anyways, she was born in a segregated town called Hopkinsville, Kentucky. She recalled her neighborhood as a, quote, world where folks were content to get by on a little, where Baba, Mama's mother, made soap, dug fishing worms, set traps for rat- rabbits, made butter and wine, sewed quilts, and wrung the necks of chickens. Damn. Her father worked as a janitor and her mother, Rosabelle Oldman Watkins, worked as a maid in the homes of white families. As a student at a segregated public school, Hooks was taught by a dedicated group of teachers, mostly single black women, Mm -hmm. who helped shape the self-esteem of children of color. Nice. But in the late 1960s, Kentucky schools became desegregated, which, like, good. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Fucking finally. Okay. um, But she did write about the great adversities that she felt when making the transition into integrated schools. Oh, yeah. Because the teachers and students were predominantly white, Mm -hmm. which is a side effect of segregation that I never really thought about before. Because if you're desegregating the schools because of racism, Uh they're going to push aside the black teachers. Oh, yeah. And and that's obviously going to make it harder on students of color Uh and and black students. And that's Exactly. To grow up seeing your teachers and your classmates Mm -hmm. look the same as you and come from the same background as you Mm -hmm. to then... Be forced into a classroom that's desegregated, again, Mm -hmm. which is good, obviously. But then suddenly to have someone teaching you who is nothing like you've experienced before, Mm -hmm. that's got to be jarring. And probably racist. Oh, (laughs) 100%. (laughs) So I... Perspective. Bella Hooks is fantastic. I'm a huge fan of her. Mm -hmm. She's still alive. She's an author and a critical thinker. Mm -hmm. And all she does... Is just provide nuanced thought and perspective. Absolutely. She's, She's incredible. She's a fantastic. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Fantastic. Benevolent. <laughs> <laughs> By the time Hooks was 10, she had begun writing her own po- poetry and soon developed a reputation for her ability to recite poetry hmm. as well. So. She's better than me because I can't even say the town where she grew up in. And it's Hopkinsville. Very good. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. She later graduated from Hopkinsville High School in Hopkinsville, Kentucky. (laughs) Why did I do that? It's like you're purposely (laughs) testing yourself. Your past self was like, I'm going to fuck with her just a little bit. (laughs) This is self-flagellation. it is. (laughs) I'm just punishing myself for my past sins. (laughs) And I'm recording it. Everybody has to take part in it. (laughs) After she graduated, she went on to attend Stanford University on a scholarship. Hmm. Frustrated by the lack of interest in race issues by white women scholars and gender studies by black male scholars at school, she wrote her first draft of her first major book, Ain't I a Woman? Yes, girl. (laughs) And she was just 19 years old at this time. Really? Yeah shit to have that much perspective yeah and to be life and to be able to articulate it more yes exactly be able to put it into fucking words so people can read it and understand it and Mm -hmm. like grow Mm -hmm. from that i tell you what i was not doing that at 19 (laughs) i was not even a little i was drunk the the whole whole time time. (laughs) yes yes It was the first year that I lived in Oregon uh, by myself. No parents. And I was like, oh, hello, (laughs) fifth of Captain Morgan. (laughs) Let's go dancing. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Don't drink, kids. (laughs) Not that much, at least. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Do what you want. (laughs) Just take care of your liver oh. afterwards. Make sure you got some Pedialyte. <laughs> Make sure you do it on a full stomach. Some ibuprofen. Yeah, mm. That's there's key. a song that I really like, and it's called "Blood and Money" by mm-hmm. the Orion Experience. Okay. And I'm trying to remember the line. Oh, and it's in a line in their song. It goes, "The rich are getting richer, so let's all get drunk <laughs> <laughs> and sing with the masses." It's really good. Listen to I that. would like to hear that later. <laughs> Let's make that happen. It's a great song. Okay. Back to Bell Hooks. She obtained her Bachelor of Arts in English from Stanford University in 1973 and her MA in English from the University of Wisconsin-Madison, shout out Madison, Whoop. in 1976. Hooks teaching career. <laughs> Hook's teaching career began in 1976, that same same mm-hmm. year she got her MA, as an English professor and senior lecturer in ethnic studies at USC. During her three years at USC, <laughs> she released her first published work, and it was a poetry book called And There We Wept. This is when she began going by the name Bell Hooks. Bell Hooks was the name of her adopted uh, maternal great-grandmother, mm-hmm. who... Quote, was known for her snappy and bold tongue, which she greatly admired. Love which that. Which, she being Hooks. hmm Her name, Bell Hooks, who I am talking about, and not Bell Hooks, her grandmother, <laughs> is completely lowercase. So, if you ever see Bell oh, Hooks. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So, no proper noun capitalization here. Hooks has... St- <laughs> Dork. Dork. <That's- laughs> <laughs> <You> know it. <laughs> you might as well put finger guns up and go when you said that <laughs> um hooks has stated that the lowercase letters in her name is so that the focus of attention is on her work rather than her name because mm. it's the substance of the books that matters not absolutely her. which i was very interesting mm-hmm In 1981, she released Ain't I a Woman, the book she wrote when she was 19. And in this book, she centralized the intersections of race, sex, and class at the core of a black woman's life. She argued that each identity has the ability to produce and perpetuate systems of oppression and domination. Uh, The book established her as a formidable critic and intellectual and set out some of the central themes that have characterized her later work. And just so everyone knows, all of Bell Hooks' work is written in an intentionally accessible way. So she writes things Mm -hmm. that aren't loaded down with a bunch of, like, scholarly jargon. And she makes things, she relates things to things we see every day. Mm -hmm. It's nothing abstract in that way. It's not overly academic. It's all, like you said, it's very accessible and, like, anybody can can reflect on it and can understand it. Yes. And it's valuable if not more valuable than like reading it from a textbook. Yeah. Like she explicitly likes education being accessible. Mhm. And in my experience, her books don't usually exceed like $25. Mhm. So, and they're usually much cheaper. Just so everybody knows, go read it. Is mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say. Yeah. After holding various positions at the University of California in Santa Cruz in the early 1980s, Hooks left for Yale University. Oh. When she had the opportunity to to teach African American studies there. So she went from English to African American studies. Oh, good for her. In 1983, after several years of teaching and writing, she then completed her doctorate in literature at the University of California. Get it. And... Her dissertation was about Toni Morrison, which I assume uh, at no. a later date we'll probably talk about. Absolutely. Rest in peace. hmm It was also in the 1980s, so she just got her doctorate. She's on fire. hmm She established a support group for black women called the Sisters of the Yam, which she later used as the title of a book. And basically, the group was to celebrate black sisterhood and be a safe space for black women. That's amazing. Yeah. I didn't know Raising that. together. Exactly. In 1984, she published the book Feminist Theory from Margin to Center, where she encouraged feminists to consider gender's relation to race, class, and sex, a concept which would become known as intersectionality, but Mm -hmm. at the time wasn't as mainstream thinking Mm -hmm. as we... I feel like most feminists today can say the word intersectional. And know what it means. Yeah, and and maybe Mm -hmm. they still need to... So' to practice it, it mm-hmm. but <laughs> It's known. Yes. Noting a lack of diversity in feminist theory, she argues that white and predominantly rich, women have not been creating spaces in feminist theory for the marginalized. Amen. Quote: "To be in the margin is to be a part of the whole, but outside the main body." Women in lower class and poor groups, particularly those who are non-white, would not have defined women's liberation as women gaining social equality with men, since they are continually reminded in their everyday lives that all women do not share a common social status. Mm. Mm-hmm. In 1988, she joined the faculty at Oberlin College in Ohio, where she would teach in women's studies at this point. Oh! So she's... She's done the fucking Everything. gamut. She's done English. She's done she's done African American studies. Now mm-hmm. she's doing women's studies. Mm-hmm. She did <gasps> weird intersectional <laughs> all coming together. And she was an English major, so yeah. That's why she can say all this stuff so eloquently. Good for her. Um you can't. I'm just- <laughs> <laughs> you see me struggling. <laughs> And you decide to take me down even further? No. Divorce 2020. (laughs) Apparently, I'm going to be single in every way possible this year. (laughs) Happy New Year to me. New host, episode 52. How can it? At the one year mark, we're changing hosts. But I'm staying, even though I can't say words. (laughs) (laughs) I would like to point out, by the time that everyone hears the edited version, no one is going to know (laughs) that you messed up eight times trying to say perpetuate. So everyone, again, if you want to hear it, (laughs) please go to listen to the outtakes on our Patreon. Donate, support us, and listen to Keeks not be able to say words boom please continue i'll continue okay (laughs) because i have nothing to say because i'm upset but i want you guys to subscribe to our patreon (laughs) 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 or donate to our patreon whatever the term is in the women's studies program that she taught Mm -hmm. she now offered a critique of racism that was absent during her undergrad years so it's like a full circle moment absolutely fantastic in the 1990s, she went on to teach at the City College of New York, and in the 2000s, she became a professor, professor, a professor in residence at <laughs> Biera College in Kentucky. Oh my gosh. So she started in Kentucky, mm-hmm. then went to California, then went to Wisconsin, then went back to California, mm-hmm. to Ohio, mm-hmm. to New York, mm-hmm. back to Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that's amazing. And I didn't put it in here, but in an interview, she specifically talks about, like, how she, one of her full circle moments was going back to Kentucky where she grew up. I bet. And it was like, it was supposed to be like, okay, you guys have come from Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And you can go off and do amazing things and change the world, but you can always be grounded and come back home. Absolutely. I wish I put the quote in because you brought it up. Now, Sorry. Now I just look like a dumbass. <laughs> look, if we sat here and talked about everything that brilliant that Bell Hooks has ever said, we'd be here for weeks. <laughs> we would just be doing... It would just be her audiobook. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> <When it's> like, <laughs> we're fired. Mm. Bell Hooks is taking over. <laughs> That'd be really good for this Yeah, podcast. it would. <laughs> <laughs> So, in Kentucky, she founded the Bell Hooks Institute, which celebrates, honors, and documents her life and work. Oh, wow. If you didn't know that. It was 2014 that that was opened, so pretty recently. Of opening her own institute, she said, quote, I was seeing that so many individual black writers and thinkers were dying without having protected their legacy. Sometimes, as African Americans, we exist in a kind of schizophrenia. We know that imperialist, white supremacist, capitalist patriarchy is real, but then we think, if we just follow the rules, we'll succeed. Mm -hmm. She expressed the ideas for the Institute to others when it was still in its conception, Uh but was not met with open arms. (laughs) Weird. (laughs) I can't imagine why. (laughs) quote, I was discouraged because other black women said to me, you don't need an institute. You don't know what you're doing. And I was really shocked not to get the support. But I think that's the schizophrenia that we live within. Mm-hmm. People act like, well, your books will be around. You can't count on this white racist world to keep any of anything of ours with the care and the commitment that we would like for it to have. Amen. Yes. And she this not for my studies, but for A while ago. I Uh was watching a talk on YouTube, and it's her and Laverne Cox. And it was talking about opening the Institute. And she was like, everybody thinks that I'm, like, self-absorbed because I opened my own Institute, but I don't give a fuck. (laughs) (laughs) She was just really unapologetic because she was like, why shouldn't she own the fact that she's smart? Exactly. (laughs) profound and, like, has been making huge, groundbreaking point like bringing them to the mainstream exactly and quite frankly if you don't do it who else is going to yeah you can't yeah you can't expect other people to do it for you so make it happen right and like how you often it how often have we talked about women whose legacies have been trampled on i don't know this entire fucking <laughs> podcast so, exactly so why not take control while you're alive, yeah. take agency. Say this is what I want to happen, and I'm gonna do it. Yeah. Period. End of story. Yeah, you're gonna fucking remember Bell Hooks. It's, yeah, we are. Exactly. Even if there are <laughs> are all tiny letters. <laughs> Even if it's not capitalized like a proper noun. That's right. Bigger <laughs> <Pick your> guns. <laughs> I love her. She's amazing. Fantastic. Um, so, she took the care and commitment that her work needed and opened the Institute. And it was also, like she wanted, an accessible place where locals can engage in discussion about a variety of present-day issues. So, she was talking about how college isn't accessible mm-hmm. to, like, poorer people yep. or people with learning disabilities or people with physical disabilities. Mm-hmm. Because not all universities are accessible. Exactly. Because ADA laws aren't always enforced anyways Mm -hmm. this place became uh, an area where everybody can talk that's really incredible bell hooks is among the leading public intellectuals of her generation she has published over 30 books and scholarly articles in topics such as masculinity and patriarchy self-help and engaged pedagogy mm, feminist (laughs) consciousness and community creation and representation and politics she is always using her platform to give nuanced takes and offers new and more inclusive feminist theory into mainstream mainstream scholarship. Hooks's books, which is... That's fun to yeah, say. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I intentionally put that there. <laughs> Hooks's books that I personally recommend because I've read them or been itching to read them mm-hmm. because I've only read parts of them. Okay. Include Ain't I a Woman, mm-hmm. Teaching to Transgress, All About Love, which... It's very, very good. Mm -hmm. Black Looks, Race and Representation, Mm -hmm. that's the full title. Where We Stand, Killing Rage, and Real to Real. Real being Mm R-E-E-L to R-E-A-L. It's a lot, but it's only a small fraction of what she's written. Yeah. And if any of our listeners have children, she has come out with a number of children's books that are meant to help. Yeah. Did you didn't you i had that? no idea that's really cool yeah and they're meant to help black children see themselves and like love black blackness uh-huh so one of them is um one of them that i can think of off the top of my head is happy to be nappy and it's celebrating black women's hair uh-huh and it's great that's <laughs> it's cute it's so lovely cute. i yeah. bet and for any of our moxie Boy pro- proxy listeners out there Finger guns, <laughs> talking about those who do not identify as female. I would encourage you to read her works because she also argues for the importance of male involvement in the equ- in the equality movement, mm. stating that for change to occur, men must do their part. Absolutely. She also calls for a restructuring of the cultural framework of power, mm-hmm. specifically finding one that does not find oppression of others necessary. Exactly. Yeah it's great she's great oh my god (laughs) (laughs) it's true though like there she's Mm -hmm. she just has so much fucking to say so much perspective to share and open other people's eyes Mm -hmm. which is fucking like damn yeah She's, she's amazing and it's like it's it's feelings that Other people have had, Mm -hmm. or like we can see in everyday life, but we don't question it because it's what we're used to. Exactly. And then she just so eloquently puts down what it is. (laughs) Exactly. She names, she Mm -hmm. names. The thing that the microaggression that you Mm -hmm. see or the very subtle misogyny that you witness every day Mm -hmm. and experience every day. She gives it a name Mm -hmm. and says, this is what this is. This is what it does. Yeah. And how, you know, how do we fucking knock that shit off? Exactly. (laughs) She's great. Bell Hooks's writing teaches us to challenge art, literature, media, politics, and history and ask for more. Ask for it to be better and to do better in representing the marginalized, specifically black women, because we all deserve better. We can function outside of a system that calls for the oppression of others, and we will get to that point together. Mm -hmm. And then I'm just going to end on a quote from Bell Hooks, and I'll begin. As a black woman interested in feminist movement, I am often asked whether being black is more important than being a woman, whether feminist struggle to end sexist oppression is more important than the struggle to uh, racism or vice versa. All such questions are rooted in competitive either-or thinking, the belief that the self is formed in opposition to another. Most people are socialized to think in terms of opposition rather than compatibility. Rather than seeing anti-racist work as totally compatible with working to end sexist oppression, they often see them as two movements competing for first place. And I just thought that was important for that's all nice. of us learning intersectional feminism. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and that's bell hooks. I go, bell hooks. What a fucking gem. Yeah, I'm really excited. I'm gonna add because I am an audiobook addict, Mm -hmm. I will be adding many of those to my queue. Yeah. Because, yeah, she's incredible. Mm -hmm. I can't wait. And she's, and like, I guess it's because she also writes, like, poetry and stuff, Mm -hmm. but it's so beautiful. She has a (laughs) a way of putting words together Mm -hmm. in an understandable but also, like, lovely Mm -hmm. way. And there is... There is sort of a danger when, when you try to connect scholarly, like theory, Mm -hmm. theory. Mm -hmm. when you try to connect theory and relate it to your own personal experiences, Mm -hmm. because sometimes your personal experiences are not what happens on the large scale. Mm -hmm. And so she does a wonderful way of like weaving that together, but with like actual theory that then is... In the perspective of other people and then like the way we see ourselves in movies and mm-hmm. it's fantastic. <laughs> I I am not as eloquent <laughs> very clearly. <laughs> this podcast is now called Bell Hooks Got Moxie because <laughs> and every week we're just gonna read <laughs> Bell Hooks's thirty books. Yeah. I don't know what Can the legality is sitting down and writing that much. No, I can't. Are you kidding? I complain about having to do this much homework, and I wrote literally less than two (laughs) pages. (laughs) That is relatable. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, everyone, thank you for listening. Mm -hmm. It's a gorgeous episode. I'm so I'm so pleased with that. Me too. It was lovely. I'm pleased as punch. What's that term? Pie, please pie. I don't know. Let's just come up with a bunch of things that start I'm with P. Please, as peaches. Ooh, on a hot summer's day. Speaking of peaches, have you seen his latest Instagram post? Because it's fucking hysterical. I'll have to the, show you later. Is it the Instagram predicting his life? Yeah. <laughs> And how he's going to be single. Oh, my God. When, he, <laughs> when he's fucking recording him himself, doing the, the witch Hamilton character, he's like, I swear to God, if I get Peggy and then it pops up on Peggy, the look on his face, I was like, I'm dead. I'm dead. I can't handle this much hilarity. <laughs> and then I had... So I, I texted Danny, and I said, isn't this fucking hysterical? Go watch it. And she goes... I don't really get the Peggy thing, but context tells me that it's not great. <laughs> Have you listened to Hamilton? She's listened to parts of it. Oh, you're getting it. Look at that face. <laughs> Explain uh, my face. She is v- puzzled. She's got upset. Oh, my God. Her frowners are her, like, bulging. Mad squint. Oh, yeah. she's she, She's got a real, like, her head's all cocked like a what the fuck kind of look she's got grumpy cat yeah you do look a little bit like grumpy cat right now i would never look like a cat (laughs) (laughs) cat. (laughs) (laughs) oh anyway anywho uh, rate review and subscribe wherever you're listening that's right give us those five stars Uh, (laughs) also follow us on our all of our social medias Mm-hmm. Facebook and Instagram at that broads got moxie and on Twitter at broads got moxie. Mm-hmm. And email us. <laughs> you go. Know, couldn't remember. <laughs> email us at that broads got moxie at gmail.com with, you know, every, and just tell us how your day went. Stories, suggestions. Tell us how your how, day how, how <laughs> went. Exactly. How you're feeling so far in 2020. We're a couple weeks in at this point. Use us, this us as a diary and just <gasps> in the subject line put, do not read. And we won't. We'll respect your... I won't. I don't know about casting I check all the emails. <laughs> I can't guarantee anything. Also, I'm fucking nosy. I can't help it. I'm, a, I'm curious. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, you should have met me 10 years ago. I used to ask questions that nobody wanted to answer. <laughs> hmm. Anyway, ten, 10 years ago where was i get i was in (laughs) In utero (laughs) (laughs) oh in brenda Brenda. (laughs) (laughs) all right that's it (laughs) okay (laughs) goodbye bye music by sage krenning cover art by vinnie navarrete produced and edited by danielle barsanti Side effects of listening to this podcast may include excessive moxie, zero tolerance for the patriarchy, sass mouth, excessive sweating, tipsy tittering, desire to stick into the metaphorical man, fear of cats, empowering women, clammy hands and feet, the inability to do math, lack of patience for the bullshit, thirst for knowledge, questioning the system, cravings for bougie chicken, vodka, and justice, and in some cases can cause death on hills.